0: Turn to your neighbor and greet them, Emmanuel. Give your neighbor a handshake, say Emmanuel. Give your other neighbor a handshake, say Emmanuel. Give the neighbor behind you a handshake, say Emmanuel. Give the neighbor in front of you a handshake, say Emmanuel. And greet the viewers all over the world on Emmanuel TV. Emmanuel. Whilst we are still standing, I want you to join me in giving thanks to God for Emmanuel TV. Let's put our hands together for Emmanuel TV. Did you know the reason why I say we should give thanks to God? One of the questions that has been asked so many times over the years is why does Prophet TB Joshua not respond to the various attacks that are being leveled against him, the lies that are being peddled against him? Why does he choose to remain silent? And I also used to ask this question. As someone that God has blessed so mightily through this ministry, I would see the things people say, the lies, the the propaganda. I say, why doesn't he respond? But I now understand. I understand this. Emmanuel TV is God's response. I repeat Emmanuel TV is God's response to whatever they are seeing. Do you know, as we are talking right now, people are watching Emmanuel TV in different time zones, speaking different languages, from different backgrounds, but they are connected because of the power of Jesus Christ. Day in, day out, we receive testimonies, people's marriages restored, people's homes reunited, addictions broken, people's sick bodies healed, lives changed, souls saved through Emmanuel TV. How could anyone question so much evidence? You know, we we that don't have God's response, we respond on our own. We fight back. If they abuse us, we abuse back. But in this case, God himself has given a clear response. And when God is with you, no one can stand. Let's put our hands together for Jesus Christ one more time. You may have your seats right now. In the presence of God, today I have a very important and probing question that I want you to ask yourself. You know, Prophet TB Joshua says that there are few things more dangerous than a person with an unexamined life. Let let, let me repeat that again. There are few things more dangerous than a person with an unexamined life. This is an opportunity in the house of God, in the presence of God, for you to examine yourself, to check yourself. And how do we do this? We do it in the light of God's Word. I'm going to read a scripture to you. The book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 21 is the key verse, but I'll read from verse 20. And when I read this verse, I want you to personalize it and ask yourself this question that Apostle Paul is asking. Because the Holy Bible is the only book that reads us even as we read it. So don't just read the Bible like a history book or a novel or a a textbook in school. No, you should insert your name where the message is personal and reflect on your own journey through life. So I'm going to read... Romans chapter 6. I'll start from verse 20. The key verse is 21. It says this. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. Now, verse 21. What benefits did you reap at that time? Once again. What benefits did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? For those things result in death. Very quickly, jump with me to Galatians 5, verses 19. To 21. And the scripture says this the acts of the flesh are obvious sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I I, I said that I had a very probing question for you today. And it's very simply taken from these scriptures. You can... Inserts any of the fruits of the flesh that were mentioned there. I'll just pick a couple and ask yourself this question What benefits did you reap from jealousy? Turn to your neighbor, look at them, and say, Neighbor, "Neighbor." say, "Neighbor," Neighbor, what benefits did you reap? from jealousy. What benefits did you reap from selfish ambition? It's a very direct question, and I want you to examine your life and answer it. You don't have to verbally answer it to me. Reflect on your life and consider your own journey. What benefits did you reap in your life from selfish ambition? What benefit did you reap from hatred? What benefit did you reap from sexual immorality? What benefit did you reap from impurity or idolatry? If we're sincere with ourselves, I think you would agree with me that the results of jealousy, envy, bitterness, pride, sexual immorality, impurity, just name it, the results of these things in your life has brought nothing but damage. Would you agree? I- I'm not hearing you. Would you agree? Yes. Remember, no one knows you better than you know yourself. This is the time for you to ask yourself this question. Don't just say yes, because your neighbor says yes. Examine yourself. Check yourself. None of us are perfect. We know where we are coming from. In the past, we have slipped into such fruits of the flesh. What benefit did we reap? Now, some of you may say, well, perhaps there was a a, a temporary... Pleasure or a, a momentary boost. But if we're sincere, you would agree with me that the benefits you reap from such acts of the flesh do nothing but damage your hearts and damage your home, damage your relationships, damage your destiny. Your own life Experience is enough of an evidence for you to realize this. But the the challenge now and the, the, the worrying thing at this point when you recognize and realize and admit this is that it is common today for people to regularly repeat what they know has damaged them. If you look at what's happening in society, you see people repeating what has caused them damage, what has destroyed them. Let let me try and be very practical. It's like me coming to this fruit. See this beautiful fruit. It looks amazing. And I, I, I take a bite. After swallowing, I suddenly realize this fruit I have taken Is poison. How do I know instantly? I feel sick. Instantly my body begins to react. Instantly I begin to have this, this nausea. I feel like I need to be sick. Everything about my system begins to be affected because I've taken poison. Why would anyone go back to this same apple? and take another bites you may laugh but this is exactly what many of us are doing in our daily lives what benefit did you reap from jealousy but many of us today are still jealous what benefit did you reap from offense you've listened to countless sermons teachings messages talking about the danger of harboring unforgiveness, holding offense, we've been inspired, moved, motivated as we hear the sermon in the church. Yes, so often we go back to our daily lives and before you know it, you slip back into the same offense you vowed you would never go back to. (laughs) Now, I want to make a point here. Um, I want to make a very clear point here. Why do we so often return to these things? I would suggest to you, it is because of what we have given our hearts to. Instead of our heart being dominated by the truth of God's word, today it's so common for us to focus on ourselves, how I'm doing, how I'm feeling, how I'm treated, or to focus on what other people are saying, what people are saying about you, the opinions of others about you, or, or you, you focus on what the world is saying, the standards, the trends of the world. And the result of this is that it blinds you from reality. The reality is the consequence of your actions. You know, if I take this bite, it's going to poison me. But you say, well, the apple looks very nice. Perhaps this time if I bite it, it will be different from last time. Do you not know that everyone in my school is biting this apple? It's the normal thing. My friend said I should try it. It's very good. Uh, Have you read the review on Amazon? Five stars. How can can I not eat it? You convince yourself that it will not have the same results, even though you have tasted it before, and it was damaging and destructive, but still because your focus is elsewhere, what do you do? People of God, (laughs) today, The title of the message is very simple. Listen to the sermon of your life. Tell your neighbors, say, listen to the sermon of your life. If you take time to study your own life, your experiences, what you have tasted and the repercussions, what you have eaten and the results, you will know the importance of taking care of your spiritual life. Just listen to the sermon of your life. Whether we're young or old, we've had enough experiences, but we need, God will not come down from heaven and stop you from eating this apple? You're the one that has to take that stand, take that step because you know the danger, you know the damage, you know the destruction. This is your own parts. This is your own role. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor. Neighbor. Say, neighbor. neighbor. Listen to the sermon of your life. I want to quickly jump to Galatians again, Galatians chapter 5, the same chapter 5, but this time from verse 16 to 17. It says this, so I say, walk by the spirits, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Verse 17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirits and the spirits what is contrary to the flesh. So they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. What's the scripture saying here? There is a constant conflict in the hearts of man between the flesh and the spirits. Why, Why am I emphasizing this? I have... Had the incredible privilege of living in this church for many years by God's grace working in the house of God and I used to think to myself from the human perspective that perhaps one day all of these troubles and temptations they would just disappear because I've been working in the church for so long Maybe one day you you will just have that freedom in your heart. There will be no no, uh, disturbance of the heart, no temptation of the flesh, no temptation of the fleshly desires. That's what I used to think. But the truth, brethren, is different. The truth is that the battle in your hearts will never end. The thoughts in our hearts is the battle we will face to the last day. Being a Christian does not remove the battle. It doesn't eradicate the battle. Being a Christian equips you to fight the battle. It doesn't remove temptation. Being a Christian doesn't mean you can't be tempted with the things of the flesh. Of course you can. But being a Christian strengthens you to overcome the battle. All of us who have fallen, faced temptation, and made a decision. All of us who have not fallen, faced a similar temptation, but made a different decision. It's not that you will not face it. You will face temptation. You will... There's, there's no shortcuts in our Christian walk that will avoid the temptations of the flesh. So it's not what you face, it's how you face them. How you handle them. How you react. How you respond. And today's message that I, I want to really bring across to you is that your response to that temptation, your reaction to those desires of the flesh that are trying to prompt and provoke and prod you into things outside of God, your reaction depends on what is dominating your heart, what you are giving your heart to, what you are feeding your soul with. There's No substitute for this. If your heart is full of the things of the flesh, your heart's you are busy thinking about the things of the flesh. You are busy thinking about material things. Giving your heart to the pursuits of fleshly desires. When you face a temptation, you are going to respond to the flesh even when it's lying. Because many times the flesh will give you a message that seems like it's the truth, but in fact it's a lie. But because your heart is given away to the things of the flesh, what happens? You easily succumb. You easily slip. You easily fall. Even when you've tasted it before and it was damaging, you still go back to it. Now, I want one volunteer, but someone who is very, very tall. If you know you're very, very tall, stand up. Very, very tall, or at least quite tall. Okay, thank you very much, sir. Come forward. God bless you. I think our brother is fairly tall. Now, if there's anyone here who's very, very small, (laughs) anyone here who's, well, pretty small, relatively small, you have a small stature, just, just stand up. Feel free. Some of you are a bit worried. I'm not going to do anything too dangerous, okay? Anyone with a very small stature? Okay, thank you very much, madam. God bless you. you. can come forward. Look, this, come, sir. You just, just, just stand here, sir. Madam, God bless you. You just stand just here. Right, okay, come a bit closer, sir. In fact, I want you to come very close. Okay. (laughs) Now, on a very practical note, very practical, remove spirituality from this scenario. If this man enters a fight with this lady, who do you think will win? Uh, I'm not hearing you. Who do you think will win? The man is not, is not too difficult to understand this because he is bigger, he is taller, he has more strength on the outside. Now I put this to you, people of God. Why is it that you wonder why you return to temptation and what has damaged you? Why? Why? When you are busy feeding your flesh and neglecting your spirits. You're giving your attention, your time, your devotion, your interest to the things of the flesh. Feeding them with what you watch, what you hear, what you listen to. And your things of the spirits are neglected. Things of the spirits are put by the side. Things of the spirits are only looked at perhaps when you have a problem. Or on Sunday when you go to church. By the time the temptation comes, which way do you think you will swing? You will come in the direction of the flesh. Why? Because you've given more attention. You've given more food. You've given more ability and strength to the things of the flesh. So that when temptation comes, the things of the spirits, you easily succumb. Tell your neighbor, check yourself. Tell your neighbor, listen to the sermon of your life. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say! You say, why am I eating this apple again? I've tasted it! I know the damage of sexual immorality! I know the damage of lust! But because we're watching things that produce lust and promote lust, and we're having discussions on Facebook that celebrate lust, and we're listening to films and watching movies that celebrate lust, we easily slip into the very same thing that destroyed our home. Thank you very much. Please take your fruits to the glory of God. Don't worry, this one is not poisonous. It's okay. Take your fruits and you may return to your seats. (laughs) Brethren, I want to read another scripture for you as we're coming to a conclusion. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Eight. And please, take notes of this vital truth. The scripture says this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Verse 8. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirits, from the spirits will reap eternal life, full stop. What is ruling your hearts? The spirits or the senses? The word or the world's? As I round this message up, I want to use our Father in the Lord, Prophet TB Joshua, as an example of someone whose life is continually sowing to the spirits. The reason you are here today, I put this to you, people of God. The reason you are here today, you traveled from your country, from your states, you took a long journey. Some of us had to take a flight in the midst of these economic challenges. We, we came all the way to Nigeria, to this rural part of Lagos. The reason why we are here today is not because you want to hear an eloquent speaker, a charismatic speaker. There are many charismatic preachers in your country. You are not here today to hear beautiful songs from the choir. There are many wonderful musicians and songwriters in your country that you can listen to and enjoy and, and worship God with. You're not here today because of this beautiful cathedral. There are many wonderfully built, beautiful edifices and architectural giants in your country. You are here today because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's why we're here. And Prophet T.B. Joshua has paid the price to create an environment where the Holy Spirit is free to flow. Look, when you, when you talk of synagogue, it's not just when the man of God prays for you that you receive. As you walk into this environment, healing takes place. You've seen people, they just walk onto the altar, just stepping on the altar, boom, they are healed. You see people when the choir are singing, since power over you is broken, boom, they are delivered. You see people just by taking the living water, a water, Prophet T.B. Joshua is not even there. They just take it, they receive because the anointing of the Holy Spirit is here. <laughs> Why? Because Prophet T.B. Joshua sows to the spirits. You see the fruits on Sunday, but little do you know the sacrifice from Monday to Saturday. And today, it seems as if the fire is reducing in the church, because even in the church, we're more concerned about things of the flesh than things of the spirits. Why is the fire reducing in church today? When people are more concerned about building branches than building character. When people are more concerned about the, the number of times people applaud in the sermon rather than the amount of change that sermon produces. When people are more concerned about the amounts of tithe and offerings that are dropped than the number of souls that are being saved. All over the world, there's a trend right now that more and more people have stopped going to church. Church attendance seems to be decreasing. But in the midst of this, Emmanuel TV viewership is increasing. Why? Because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Let us sow to the Spirit's. If you sow to the flesh, you will reap of the flesh If you sow to the spirit, you will reap peace of hearts If you sow to the spirit, you will reap internal joy If you sow to the spirit, you will reap assurance of life If you sow to the spirit, you will reap freedom from fear If you sow to the spirit, you will reap the security of God's presence In conclusion Conclusion. What is preventing the word of God from dominating our hearts? It's because our human will has not wholly surrendered to God. There's still part flesh, part spirits in the hearts of man. We've not wholly surrendered. So if there's any takeaway you can take from this message as you listen to the sermon of your life is this. Now is the time for your life to reflect your lips when you sing this song, I surrender all. Not not I surrender some. Not I surrender when I feel like it. Not I surrender when it's convenient for me. I surrender on Sunday. I surrender when there's challenges. I surrender when there's hard times. I surrender all. Because if you give in to God, you will not cave in to sin. And when the Word of God dominates your hearts, it will preserve and protect you from desiring sin. May God bless His Word in the midst of our hearts, in Jesus' name.